All right, Landon, here it is. We are one day from free agency. It's Saturday about noon uh, central time, and we're just waiting. It's basically Christmas Eve. We wanted to catch you guys up on all the latest news, and we wanted to wait and do our free agency primer right before things went down so it would be as relevant as possible. Uh, On this podcast, this episode, we're going to talk about what we consider the top six free agents the top, the first dominoes, as it were. We're going to go deep dive on the fits, the possibilities. Uh, We hear a lot of great content, but we don't hear every possibility or close to every possibility. We don't want any surprises. We want to at least have thought about player A to team B. Landon, we're about 30 hours from when everything kicks off. How do you feel? Well, as always, I can't wait for all of these intricate deals to happen 30 seconds after the deadline starts because tampering is just something they have. So technically, they have the poss- so they have the ability to punish teams they don't like. So if they're not liking what the Lakers are doing, they can just say, "Oh, you tampered, so we fine you 500,000, which is nothing." But everyone tampers. It's only selectively enforced, and it makes for a fun evening. The tampering thing is so weird because it seems so subjective. And uh, as you said, free agency starts for us at 5 Central tomorrow. But I think it's been well underway for a while. Yeah, it's assumed that it starts at the earliest around the All-Star break, especially for these stars because they're meeting other stars on the big teams. They're talking. And technically, players can can be mediums between a front office and a player, and it's legal. Unless it's like the front office says, hey, go talk to, like if Jeannie Buss and Rob Plinka tell LeBron, hey, go talk to Kawhi about coming here. Like LeBron can openly just talk to Kawhi about coming to LA and they can't do anything because it's just player chatter. But that's just used as a mask to legally tamper. And now so can Magic, apparently. And y'all probably all read that story and it's really interesting that Kawhi would ask to meet with Magic and Jeannie Buss at the same time, but... Uh, my guess is they'll be having dinner somewhere in Los Angeles tonight, and um, I'm I am excited for Magic to go back to being Magic. Uh, I think he's getting a hard time right now, and he should not have quit like that. But uh, people get stressed, and they do things like that, and I think we'll see from here on out Magic going back to just talking and tweeting whoever he wants to. The first domino is Kawhi. Uh, Kawhi, I would say, if you pushed me, and we were just talking about last season, is the best player in the NBA. He's a free agent, and he's healthy going into the next season. So he is the first domino to fall. We've thought for a long time. There's a lot said about how we don't know anything about him and, and his uh, his people aren't putting anything out, his agent. It's Uncle really Dennis. Uncle Dennis, who's always been kind of framed as a uh, kind of a wild card. Moore's learned about him recently that maybe he's not. And you know what? I didn't like the way it went down in San Antonio. But after they won that championship, Landon, tell me what you think. If he spent his whole career in San Antonio, and even if they did win more rings, he was always going to be a product of San Antonio. And now, although I didn't love how everything went down, we've seen way worse. Uh, And there's two sides to every story. He promptly went to Toronto, not his first choice, stayed healthy, uh, is a good teammate, and obviously is the reason they won an NBA championship 
that narrative for him is a little different. And looking back on it, I don't know if that wasn't the right move for him. Well, at the time I thought trying to force your way out seemed a weird fit, especially because the Spurs have been so good for so long. And they really made him what he was because he was always a defensive force, but they worked on his shooting, his offense, to where he became maybe the best two-way player. I really think the dysfunction between him and the front office came down to his injury because there are a lot of reports that this team doctor said he was okay, but Kawhi himself wasn't confident in his ability to stay healthy, and he got other options that said it's risky. So in a way, it's, it's kind of like what happened to Durant, where the where the team said, you're okay, and the player, like Durant, said, Durant chose to come back because it's the finals. He wanted to lay everything on the line, but for Kawhi, it was come back in the middle of the season when they're a bottom half playoff team and at the time he didn't have a new contract so he's just risking his long-term health for what for maybe a chance at a playoff push and especially because it was such a weird injury because obviously he fell on Zaza Pachulia's foot and then he re-aggravated it and he couldn't play and then he was slowly working his way back up so I think for him it was a it was the smart move to consider his long-term health over the short-term success you said that San Antonio basically made him the the great player that he is, and I think that might be true, but he's a greater, greater player outside of San Antonio. And I think my point was, I think maybe he did want to move past that shadow of their development and just kind of what they've been able to do. And I think long-term it might be a positive thing for him and his legacy as a player because he obviously was excellent in Toronto, and now he's going to go either stay in Toronto or he's going to go to one of the L.A. teams. And uh, he has solidified himself as sort of his own player, I think, through that. And we've seen players be worse. And uh, just I think it's been watered down. Maybe it's a championship. And whenever there's some drama, whether it's in basketball or it's in my real life, I look at what people have done before the situation and what they do after. Before that situation, Kawhi Leonard was a a model NBA player, uh, model teammate, and then he's been that in the in the year after. So um, it's going to be really interesting to, to see down the road kind of how this affects his legacy, but I think it's going to be positive. It's interesting how we can look at something one way, and then just 12 months later, things can look almost totally different. So uh, I think we've all thought it's the Clippers or uh, the Raptors. The Lakers have a real shot at him, don't they? And I, I think people read between the lines – uh, Brian Windhorst always says, well, I know at one point he did not want to play with LeBron, but I don't know if that means now. Nobody says anything. Why is like the Patriots. There are no leaks. So, Landon, do you think the Lakers, obviously financially, they have what they need. Do they have a shot at talking him into um, to, to the next big three? Well, I believe the reports that have been coming out recently in the past couple of days, especially from Mark Stein, that if he is to leave Toronto, that the Lakers actually have a better shot than the Clippers of getting him. Well, I don't think I think he's likely to stay in Toronto at least on a one-on-one deal, where he can try and win one more ring than reconsider. They certainly have the opportunity because, obviously, he gets to go to LA. He gets to play with the big three. There, if he goes there, they're they're probably odds-on favorites. They're easily the favorite now that the Warriors are crippled. But the only thing is like we said we don't know anything about Kawhi and what he wants and what his camp wants and what means the most to him so we don't know if money matters if 
being the guy matters, if winning matters, if relevance matters. But I guess we'll just, and we'll find out tomorrow what matters to him, but until now, he's not saying anything because he never says anything. I don't want another big three. I, I don't want to go through what we just went through with Golden State where they're just the presumed favorite until injury. I knew they weren't going to win one until somebody left or there was a catastrophic in, in, injury. They just had that much talent. And um, that's what's happened. I don't want to go through that again. I think uh, – Especially on the Lakers. And I don't want the Lakers to do it again after just being buffoons for 10 years, giving Kobe that money when he was done, and just all the, the Timothy Mozgov and all. They don't deserve it. Uh, yeah, in a way it would be interesting to see how they fit. But I, I, I want a wide-open NBA. I want – seven teams that could legitimately win it. That's what I want, and I think that's good for the game. You know, in in ways it would be good, but I like the idea of him going to a 48-win Clippers team with excellent role players and really smart executives and coaches and kind of seeing what goes there. But is is Kawhi worried that they're going to have a big three anyways? They're going to get Jimmy Butler if they don't get him, and he's not going to be able to beat them? Does Kawhi think like that? Is it it one of those things where – it kind of forces his hand uh, now that Anthony Davis is there, and then they have um, they have uh, a third max spot. Is it is it a situation where he feels forced to do? Because I think the guy wants to continue to win. He doesn't want to go to L.A. and uh, be second fiddle. And there's a threat of that. You mentioned the one in one with Toronto. People will say, "Oh, what about the money? What about his injury history?" Well, you need to understand the top five players in this league. Uh, if they get even a, a really bad injury like Kevin Durant, they're still going to get max money. It's so naive. I hear people that do this for a living say, well, what about KD's? Every team in the NBA would give Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant a four-year max if they could. They Every single one of them. You need to understand that. Stars, uh, there's no better proof stars win championships than what Kawhi did. Well-run teams with good depth, smart teams, they add a, if they add a star, they can win a championship. Okay, Exhibit A, uh, the Raptors this year. So Kawhi, unless something awful, awful, awful happened to him, he could do that one-on-one. And I hear people say, well, maybe the one-on-one is the new for the league. No, 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 just the top players. Because even like Kimba is like, Kimba going to get his money. He's not doing one-on-one because he's a he's a short, you know, uh, already played for seven years in his league. But LeBron... Durant. Durant. And maybe Kawhi. It's really just Kawhi. guys who, at the time they hit free agency, are the best in the league, and they can do what yeah. they want because they have the security to. Exactly. So I want people to understand that. Yeah, Kawhi has that flexibility. Um, KD still has that flexibility. But that's, you know, you can't go too far down the list. But don't mistake that, God forbid, something could happen to Kawhi if he does a one-on-one uh, this year, and he could have the same injury that KD does. And guess what? He's still going to get a max after that. It's just the facts. So, with that being said, I don't want the Lakers to get him. It seems like the Clippers' sort of lead, presumed lead, is slipping. seems like you think he might go back to Toronto. I think so. It just makes so much sense for him because he's the hero of the entire country. He has a chance to go back-to-back. And then he probably becomes the greatest Raptor ever. They have, they have the team to contend because, especially now that the Warriors are likely to lose Durant, there's really no one else I would take over. This Raptors team, because obviously, I think they lose if Durant is fully healthy, but that team, that Warriors team doesn't exist anymore. 
and Kawhi will probably be healthy this whole playoff run because he was hurt the last two se- the last two series. He was still great. They have the depth. They have the stars to complement them, and they've shown that they really like to manage his load. They'll just let him play 55 games or so, and he'll be super rested where he can go all out only in the playoffs when it's necessary. I think it's a good point, and I, I really thought he was going to L.A. I just really thought he was, even after the championship. But Toronto, I've heard, oh, they're aging. Okay, the guys that are aging on that team, Marc Gasol, um, Serge, Ibaka. Serge Ibaka, Kyle Lowry, and Kyle Lowry. The contribution they got from those guys was to the point where they could expect to get that next year. It's not like they had to have Marc Gasol down the stretch to win those games. Now, he was huge for them. And maybe to get in that position, yes. But I'm just saying, Van Fleet, Kawhi, Siakam, those guys uh, aren't going anywhere. I felt like that was the bread and butter. Everybody else was just really... Right place, right time, and I would expect the same contribution for those guys next year. So I, I think he's got a really tough decision here. They have a really good shot to go back-to-back. That would be incredible. I think you take that when you get it. And I'm telling you, the Clippers, if he signs a one-on-one, they will have Max Caprum next summer. And even if something happens and gets injured, they will still offer it to him next summer. So they don't. people don't always do what, what, what we think they're going to. And that Lakers thing, I'm done being surprised. I, I don't know why he would do that. This guy is good enough to win championships in his own right. If I were giving percentages, I would say um, split between equally at this point, between Toronto, maybe a slight advantage to Toronto, L.A., Clippers, and then like a 25% chance that he goes to L.A. What do you think? I think it's probably 55 Toronto, 30 Lakers and 15 Clippers just because I've seen so many sources that now the LA team that's the front runner for Kawhi is the Lakers not the Clippers and I'm on Reddit a good bit and there's this one user who has credible sources within the Lakers organization he called Paul George saying a couple years ago among other news and he's said that the, the the organization really believes that they have a really good shot at Kawhi that they have a better shot than the Clippers Obviously, this is just some guy on the internet, but he's got a track record of being right. So there's just so much news saying that now it's the Lakers that have jumped in front of the L.A. teams as the favorite to get them. It's going to be really interesting. When do you think we'll know? When? What's your prediction on when Kawhi is going to make this decision? I think his decision will be, if it's not, I think it'll end up being Tuesday or so because unless he just decides – at the at the start of free agency because he's not expected to take his last meeting with the team, which is the Raptors. He's not expected to do it until during the week after the deadline. So unless he's already certain on what he feels about the Raptors and he's just checking with the LA teams, if if you believe that he's going to take that meeting still, then he's not going to he's not going to decide immediately, and that's going to sh- that's going to shake things up because. Lakers are going to have to wait. The Clippers are going to have to wait. The whole league is going to have to wait and see what he does before they can really make major moves. All right, so the second domino to fall is KD. And just like Kawhi, my thoughts on where he's headed have changed in the last week. 
Um, what teams is KD meeting with? I know he's going to meet with four teams, right? Yes. What are those four teams? He's going to meet with the Warriors because they can offer the five-year max. But And that doesn't seem likely, but that's still an option just because that kind of money, they'll easily let him rest and recover on their dime. And then they come back, and they likely have the same big four that they started this run with. The Knicks, obviously. I believe the Nets and the Clippers. Because I don't really know if the Lakers would want to sign him just because they're in win-now mode right now. They've got LeBron for two more years at least. And Durant is going to miss this whole next season for sure. So if they sign him, I, I, I don't see why they would want to rather than take a lesser max guy because they want to win now because you could wait a year and then you have Durant, LeBron, and Davis. But he's not going to meet with them. And he's not meeting with them. That's, that's also the thing. They don't want him, and he doesn't want him. He doesn't want them. No, he's going to meet with the Clippers, the Knicks, the Nets, and Warriors. And you know for the last year, I thought he was going to team up with Kawhi. Uh, with the Clippers. It just made so much sense. And uh, the way they've set that team up, I think they just like the idea of going to L.A., but not Lakers, and beating up on LeBron. And I just didn't see the Knicks thing. I just didn't think that they have the credibility with players right now. They don't have the infrastructure. It just seems so obvious, um, like it did to me in the previous year. It seems so obvious to me that LeBron was heading to the Lakers. Well, that injury changed a lot. And I still think that might happen because the Clippers could bring on Kawhi and still trade Gallinari and bring on Durant. He could sit a year, obviously, like he's going to have to, and they still would be very competitive next year. So it's not off the table. And I thought literally there was 0% chance that he was going to re-sign with the Warriors. With that injury, number one, and how things played out, number two, and number three, the Lakers getting Davis along with LeBron and now are going to have some form of a big three, it looks like. They could all get back together, the Warriors, the four of them. And whatever they win moving forward is not this stacked team based on too much money in 16 and this aberration. It's not going to be like that because if he goes somewhere else, he's going to have to contend with the Lakers. All that being said, because of this injury and how they've reacted, and I think they would offer him the five-year max. I really do. And just pay a half a billion dollars over time in luxury tax. I really think they're prepared to do that. The leader for me is the Warriors. What do you think? I I, I understand where you're coming from. Because obviously he gets easily the most money. He can, he can recover in a year where they're not expected to really contend because Clay is probably out most of the year as well. So it's really, maybe we push for a bottom seed and Clay comes back and we try and get a little momentum going to the next season. And obviously the Warriors, like the fans, the whole organization loves him a lot more because he sacrificed his health to try and help them win and he won a game for them. Mm-hmm. But I see the Nets as more of a... I like the Nets more just because he, it seems like he and Kyrie are interested in teaming up. He can certainly also rest on that team and it's really... Kyrie takes over for D'Angelo Russell's position. Durant comes in, and it's really just... It's pretty much the team that we saw last year that couldn't quite contend with Philadelphia, but now they have Kyrie, and then the next season you've got Durant coming back. You know, I've not really seen that whole him teaming up with uh, Kyrie thing, but it's very possible. 
Uh, and it looks like it'd be the Nets over the Knicks, which I really appreciate from players now because the Knicks are a joke. And I don't care what kind of hallowed gym they play in or whatever. I would not trust that ownership in that front office with my future for anything. And I think we've learned that competent front offices uh, can help you win a championship. So maybe I just don't think he's going to go to to Brooklyn or New York because I wouldn't, because I don't see it. Uh, to me, he's got two excellent choices. He can return to Golden State or he can go uh, to the Clippers if Kawhi indeed heads there. But that is a third possibility. I wouldn't trust Kyrie, and I just don't know what kind of run they can be. Obviously, next year, uh, that's a wash. And then from there, obviously, the the Nets have built it the right way in a short amount of time. They're very competent in the front office. They can coach. Uh, what percentage chance, if you had to give it, do you think the Nets wind up with with uh, Kyrie and KD? I'd give it a 20% chance or so just because I see, I see the Warriors and Clippers as – Definitely, as definitely favorable destinations for Durant, and maybe this whole friendship with Kyrie and he wants to team up thing is overblown. But it's still a very realistic possibility for for Brooklyn. I'm happy for the fans after they had to go through all those years of sucking and not having their picks, and now it looks like they're going to get Kyrie and maybe another guy. Yeah, I like it for their fans too. But think of it like this, and I would think. KD, who seems like an intelligent guy, and uh, Rich Kleinman, his agent, aren't they thinking, okay, two years, we come back. Um, Kawhi is either on a really good Toronto team or on a really good Clippers team. There's some form of big three um, in L.A. And even two seasons from now, I think I think LeBron's still going to be a force to deal with. Obviously, Davis. Okay, is Kawhi, is, is Kyrie... KD and Dinwiddie and those guys who I really like. I mean, are they going to be in that conversation? This is a guy who's been in the finals um, the last three years. Is he is he going to be okay with? I mean, there's possibly they could be an afterthought. There doesn't it, isn't it too much of a risk? I guess is what I'm saying. He can go to the first two places, the Clippers or the Warriors, and be right in the thick of this. He's going to risk with the Nets, who by no fault of who's running it now have not been relevant for a long time, really ever, uh, except for some Jason Kidd years. He's going to risk that and Kyrie, the most combustible, like, mercurial star in the NBA. Isn't that too much of a risk for him? It it kind of is a risk, obviously. But at the same time, if we're assuming that Kawhi leaves next year, all these contenders that you mentioned are in the West and they're in the East. And as we've seen over the past couple years, if – you're worried about teams on in the other conference when you're trying to make a finals push. You shouldn't because that's after three playoff series and injuries. We we never know what can happen. So the Warriors' first year, Love gets hurt early in the playoffs. Then Kyrie gets hurt and goes from, oh, the Cavs are probably the favorites to beat the Warriors. To the Warriors are just going to be a lot better than the next year. Curry wasn't quite 100. percent Bogut got out. Bogut was out for this out for the series. Ugadala was crippled. And then the then the Cavs are able to come back. Then this year, obviously, Durant and Clay go out, and the Raptors handle business. I mean, that's a good point, and I know it's a long way from who you'd face in the finals. But don't they think big picture, though? I mean, don't they think like, is this enough? That's what I think keeps him from going there. I think at the end of the day, 
Uh, I think he's going to stay in Golden State. I would not have said that at all two weeks ago. But the thing about the NBA with um, so many free agents and so many of our best players as free agents now, things shift quickly. And if things things fall right, I think I think he might just stay. We know he loves San Francisco. Uh, I'd rather risk that than going across the country and getting in bed with Kyrie Irving. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm projecting. Yeah, if he stays with the Warriors, it's because they fell short and he got injured and he wasn't able to prove himself. And he and he wants to come back and show that. It's not just Curry's team. He jumped on to make it unbeatable that he's a significant part and he's why they win. So let's circle back a little bit. Kawhi is taking a fourth visit himself. Uh, he's going to visit the Knicks. We didn't mention that. Should we? There's no chance, right? Um, I think it's just kind of seeing what – just doing your due diligence, seeing what goes around. Or maybe he's just – this feels weird because it's Kawhi, but maybe he just enjoys going out to dinner and being catered to as a superstar. I don't think so, but um, uh, I think it, it could be part of that due process, as you're saying. Um, for whatever reason, he's giving them that respect, but um, who, who knows. But uh, I think it's uh, I think it's a three-team race. All right, so the next uh, domino to fall – is we've talked about him a lot, Kyrie. So let's say Kawhi ends up in Toronto or the Clippers. KD ends up with the – with uh, well, we can do the different scenarios. I guess it's a – I don't know. Is is Kyrie totally dependent on what KD does? Uh, I, I don't really think so. He seems like he really is just going to do what he wants to do independently because it seems like Brooklyn – is the favorite right now. Obviously, they extended a qualifying, a qualifying offer to D'Angelo Russell just because they needed to. But it really looks like he's going to Brooklyn. Obviously, Boston, the door is probably shut on that. So after, And I don't really think he'd choose the Knicks over the Nets anyway. So the, his, really, his only other option, I think, would be the Lakers, which would be weird because he, wanted, he tried to force his way out to get away from LeBron to be his own guy. And now he's going to the Lakers, and he'd be the third guy by a good margin after LeBron and Davis. So we see this sometimes in sports where guys, they they take a beating for their personality. So, like, especially in the age of social media, it's like they get made fun of, they get looked at as uh, kind of toxic in a locker room, and they go somewhere and they really work to iron that out, right? Or and they learn from... The hard truth. The thing about Kyrie Irving is I don't know that he has the awareness to do that. His behavior on social media so far this summer, I don't think he gets it. I really don't. He is an excellent player, and um, in, in a certain situation, he could be he could do really well. I just saw LeBron pat him on the head so many times uh, when, they, when they played when he went to Boston and emasculate him a lot from a body language standpoint. I think he part of him wants to go be that third max star in alongside LeBron and Anthony Davis and others in Space Jam 2. You can tell with his ego, that's that's what he would really like to do. I don't know, though, if his ego would let him do that. I think if it doesn't work out with Brooklyn and KD, his obvious I think, choice, I think he might consider it. But some these dominoes would have to fall. Uh, he... He's kind of hard to predict because he's an unpredictable personality. 
um, yeah, it looks like Brooklyn or maybe the Knicks or wherever KD wants him to go. But I would not absolutely rule out the Lakers thing. So beyond those three, are there any other possibilities for Kyrie? I don't really think so just because he's such a polarizing player and the teams that do have the cap space to give him the max that he would want, either they don't need a point guard, they don't want him on their team, and they're chasing bigger fish. Like the Clippers have a max. They can sign Kyrie, but they don't, I don't, they don't think want so. him. Yeah. They, they don't need that guy on their team. No, I don't think so. So, yeah, it's probably those three. Let's say KD goes to Golden State. What's your most likely prediction for, for Kyrie at that point? I think if he can't team up with Durant long-term, I think he ends up going to – he goes to the yeah. Lakers because okay. af, because with KD and Kawhi off the table, I think Kyrie is probably the best free agent the Lakers can hope for, and he certainly fits with their, two, their three guy, the three guy, the th- the only three guys they have on their roster right now. Yeah, he he's a fit um, on the on the court anyway. He's a fit. Yeah. All right, that's going to be really interesting to see because if my prediction is right and KD shocks us all and stays in Golden State, uh, wow, that would be an, an interesting narrative to see him back in Los Angeles or to see him in Los Angeles back with LeBron. But looks like it might be Brooklyn either, either with. With or without KD. That's going to be, obviously, that's why we're so excited. The next domino to fall is Jimmy Butler, who's had some injury issues, but, you know, if you watch the playoffs, you see this guy, he, he's a playoff minute guy. He's a, he can win you big games guy. He's a self-made player, and he's got some left in the tank. For a, for a long while, I, I thought he was going to be, they were going to clear room and he would be the third guy. In, uh, for the Lakers. If that happens, let's say, well, what's the fit on the court with he and LeBron and um, and uh, Anthony Davis? Well, I think I think his fit is certainly pretty good because obviously LeBron's defense, ma- mainly from a lack of effort, is nowhere near what it once was. Obviously, Anthony Davis is a good is a great defender. Jimmy Butler, when he's not trying to force his way off a team like he's done twice and a bit over two years, is a great defender. He's he's he, he's a good ball handler. He can shoot from outside. And he's shown that he can play with other ball-dominant stars. He had to play with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. So it's not going to be a question of, oh, LeBron's getting the ball a lot, Davis is getting the ball a lot. He knows what he's getting into if he goes to the Lakers. So what are the possibilities for Jimmy? Let's list them all. As we go down the line, there will be more possibilities, I think, for these guys. We've heard a lot about Houston. In the kind of gymnastics that would take for Houston to talk Philly uh, into taking guys or other teams I don't buy them as a legitimate candidate for Jimmy do you no no because it's really it's either they somehow move Capella Eric Gordon and PJ Tucker all three are good role players they fit around Chris Paul and James Harden they either move all three to other teams without taking any any salary back somehow Hmm. Or they convince Philly that they're going to lose that that Philly is going to lose Jimmy Butler either way. So they should do a sign and trade, and they'll get back like Goran and Tucker, and they get something back. It's really just it just looks like Houston is trying to play mind games with Philly because I don't see why. Right. If Philly thinks Jimmy Butler is going to leave, why would they just let him? Why would they help send him to Houston? I think Daryl Morey is not afraid to mix things up and put other 
uh, put players on his team on notice, and I think he's throwing a Hail Mary here. Now, we'll see. Maybe there's something to it. I, stranger things have happened. But I just think Philly has better options than that if he leaves. I think Jimmy Butler has better options than that. Yeah, if Jimmy Butler leaves, Philly can just use the money they could spend on him to sign a couple role players to fill out next to Ben Simmons and Embiid. Exactly. It's not like, oh, we have to get the star back because otherwise we're already over the cap and we just... It's like we're already over the cap when we just have to keep him somehow. Yeah. I just think it's made for an interesting story in this kind of quiet period before the storm. I could be wrong, but I, I, I don't see it. Jimmy could go to the Lakers. Jimmy could stay in Philly. Uh, honestly, there's a weird dynamic between him and Ben Simmons, but if they all come back, they have a good shot to win an NBA championship. I'd say better than any of them probably do. Well, maybe if he goes to the Lakers, but he, Harris, Reddick, they were a bounce of a ball from maybe winning another one. I mean, to, from maybe being the NBA champions themselves. We never know. But don't you think it'd be smart for them to just run it back, right? Yeah, I would just I would just run it back because, like you said, they pushed the champions to the brink. And that was with Embiid nowhere near being healthy, and obviously that's a interesting caveat to put because obviously Embiid is going to have problems staying healthy for all of his career, so it's not like we can say, oh, it was a fluke, he was injured this one year. He's going to be back healthy next season. They're going to easily beat Toronto. But if they have just a 10% better Embiid, or just a guy who can, just a backup center who can't be awful and have a t- like be minus nine in two minutes or whatever, they have a shot. Right. We'll see. That's going to be interesting. So Jimmy could go to Philly. He could go to the Lakers. Um, he might weirdly wind up in Houston. What are the other possibilities for Jimmy? I think Brooklyn, if they still get Kyrie and they strike out on Durant, I think he does make sense. And obviously they take away from Philly, so that that slows another contender that they're trying to they're trying to be better than. But I think it that'd be a bit of a risk on Brooklyn's part because they've spent so long building this team from the ground up. They've been developing this team culture, and they throw Kyrie. He's just a he's just a weirdo, and then Jimmy Butler, who, when things aren't going well, takes the third stringers and beats the stars and starts screaming stuff at the stars and fights his way out of the team. Okay. So, Woj reported less than two hours ago. Kawhi and Kevin Durant are talking about playing together. And that was my prediction all last year. They were going to go to the Clippers together. That would make since from play style and from a culture and role players and everything. And I think we might see that prediction come, come in. And I, and I think I might give them the slight edge even uh, for Kawhi over Toronto because it just makes too much sense. And I think people have not talked about that. But if you just look logically at the writing on the wall, uh, like we said earlier, Kawhi can handle that team and make them, uh, you know, a finals possibility next year without KD, and then they'll come back and get KD. So, you know, I know what you think about Woj, and Woj is the ultimate, you read the tea leaves on that guy. Someone, lots of people tell him, whatever. Should they emerge as the favorite for both of them? Well, 
I don't know. I don't, I don't think for both of them. Like I, I'm starting to buy it though. I really am. I'm starting to believe that's going to happen. I mean, I I can certainly see it happening. It makes a lot of sense. And if they're talking, they say, like if Kawhi's talking to Durant, and Durant tells him, "Hey, you go to the Clippers. I'll go to the Clippers." That's probably the best destination for Kawhi because they're they're especially in the West because the Warriors aren't going to be a threat this year. And then the Lakers aren't going to get a top, top guy. You could maybe come out of the West without Durant. Then next year you got the two best guy in the playoffs by far. I don't know. Just just everybody keep that in their mind. I think um, that hasn't been talked about. But, boy, wouldn't that make a lot of sense. It'd be really interesting because then you've got the Cl- – in two years you've got the Clippers with their two stars. You've got the Lakers with a big three. And you've probably got the Warriors with their original big three all it, in this one little area. It'd be in the same building and in the same state. I think it would be uh, maybe a best possible scenario for uh, for the league because the East isn't going to go anywhere, and they're still, uh, you know, they're still going to have Giannis and, and other, uh, you know, there will be other contenders. But that would water it down enough to where it would be. It'd be really, really interesting uh, for me, um, especially next year before KD got back. All right, so any other possibilities for Jimmy? Any wild cards for Jimmy? I don't think so, because he clearly still wants to win. He wants to be competitive. Mm-hmm. That's why he forced his way out of Minnesota. Right. And, yeah. and so, like, the really only other option is the Knicks, and they're not going to be competitive unless they get to, unless they get him and another Max guy. So I don't think they are. So the Knicks have the money, but they're not good enough. So my predictions to this point, and my prediction is Jimmy to the Lakers. And my prediction is uh, Kyrie by himself in Brooklyn or uh, or the Knicks. And my prediction now, you know, is the big two, as it were. Uh, Kawhi and Durant uh, with the Clippers. Okay. So, obviously, that's subject to a lot. But if I have – you have to nail me down. Those are my predictions right now. So, uh, what's your bottom line prediction on Jimmy? I think if I were him, I'd go back to Philly. But I think we're, we may see him uh, – in, in purple and gold, I think you. I think he stays in Philly because okay. good. Ben Simmons, he's a he's a good player. He's a good playmaker, but he's not a scorer. Embiid is a center. He doesn't need the ball a ton, even though he has a high usage rate. So he goes to Philly. He can be the lead ball handler. He can be the main outside scorer. So Clay Thompson has no chance of being. Anything but a Golden State Warrior uh, for the next four yeah. years, right? They already offered him the five for one ninety max, which really he was a few votes away from getting the super max, which they probably would have given him too. But since he was an All NBA uh, third team, he didn't he didn't get there. But I think that's just a done deal. Clay is the kind of guy that he just seems loyal, and he's going to work his way back. And he's the kind of guy I would bet on KD too to be back and almost as as good as ever. And uh, they're going to have to sit out this next year as a contender, most likely, and then they'll be back in two years, and that kind of makes the narrative even more interesting. Uh, So uh, we all all know that with Clay. But he needs to be mentioned because he is a very valuable player, and if he did um, have an idea, even injured, if he wanted to go somewhere, I think there would be a lot of talk about him too. But he's just a a different guy. That's such a Clay free agency decision where – where we just hear, oh yeah, he's coming back, and we immediately know, and it was it was done the moment he we knew he tore his ACL. He's coming back. There's nothing to report about it. He's back. Right. 
So we've heard so much in the last two days about Kimball Walker to Boston. It makes their draft make a, a little bit more sense. I actually like the move better than, than a lot of people because you look at what Brad Steven has done with a normal personality, um, smaller kind of ball-dominant guard. I think they'll do some really interesting stuff. They'll run. Everyone has talked about, what are they going to do at center? What are they going to do at center? But honestly, how many good teams have just kind of made it work at, at center? Um, centers are the new safeties and tight ends and running backs in the NFL. Uh, you can get a good one for like five million bucks. You can just find a good one. Uh, and they did that with Aaron Baines. Who who was really wanting Aaron Baines? And when he was healthy, he was kind of what they needed. So I think they'll use their $4.8 million um, exception to find whoever they can after everything blows over. There are 10 or 12 decent or better centers, and I think they're not worrying about it. And so the Vucevic thing I thought was dumb because if they got Vucevic, how are they going to find a good guard for $5 million? bucks? they are not. But the other is true. Now, are they going to get a great center? No, but will they get somebody? Um yeah, and then they'll just run small, and run is the right word because they'll try to get these wings back going. They'll try to get Hayward going. And I think even with Walker, Walker's usage will go down, but his efficiency was really good. To, the best player that he's played with is Lamb. And uh, everybody talked about how it was somebody else, but Dorn Lamb is kind of underrated. But, man, that's all he's had. So I think with the coaching, and they're all going to be hungry to reprove themselves, that's going to be a 50-win team. That's going to be a third or fourth seed in the East, I really think. and uh, But I'm, my first question for you about Kimba is, is it a done deal? you think there's any chance he doesn't go to Boston at this point? We, we've been shocked and we've been uh, we've been surprised about this kind of thing before. He is and then he isn't. It feels very, very close to a done deal. And obviously, they, he can't technically say it's a done deal. Otherwise, that's probably getting into the tampering area. But it just makes a lot of sense because he right now they're only a point guard on their roster if they don't bring back Terry Rozier as Brad Wanamaker. So he he has a clear and obvious dominant role. They've got a bunch of wings to cover for his defense. They've got a bunch of good shooters to open up the floor for him. Brad Stevens, like you said, is good with his archetype of playing. And really his only other fit is probably Dallas, maybe. Like they're they're technically leaving their their almost max slot open for Kimba if he wants to come there, but it looks like they're, they're in contention for Al Horford. So it yeah. really just feels like Kimba to Boston is the closest thing to a done deal we have after Clay going back to Golden State. We're going to talk about Al Horford in a, in a later episode uh, very soon, and I'm really interested uh, to talk about the fallout of that. Kimba would have other options, even to be the third guy in L.A. and obviously Dallas. But it looks like he's picked Boston, and, and I see the fit, absolutely. A lot of people say, well, does that get him over, blah, blah, blah. They, and people talk about Kimba's defense. He's not a great defender because of his size, but he is not a negative defender. He's, he's for not his size, him. he's pretty – yeah. So I think he fits really well. It looks like he's going to uh, – he will wind up in Boston. Um, we have that on pretty good authority unless something crazy happens. What do you think their ceiling is, uh, or what's your expectations for them next year? I think they'll be a around a 51 team. I think they'll be a four, the three or four seed, depending on who leaves and who goes from these top teams. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. Kyrie... Because Philly and Toronto, as currently constructed, yeah. they're better than Boston, even yes. with Kimba. Then I still like Milwaukee. Right. But, but then 
Kyrie is certainly a better player than Walker, but Walker's character, his leadership, and his ability to not poison a locker room is going to make this team a lot better, even if they're going to have to patch up the defensive hole left by Al Horford just because it's not going to be – their star isn't going to be unhappy in poisoning the chemistry. Yeah, yeah it's nothing against Horford because I think the guy's terrific. Obviously, Horford wanted to be there, but his agent found out that somebody was going to offer him – uh, you know, four years, $28 million. I mean, you're 33 years old, you take that. And we're going to talk about that later, but that's, I don't think it was some culture problem or anything with what with Boston. They just, they're just not going to offer him that, and I wouldn't either. I really like Al Horford, but that's a lot of money, and he's 33. So somebody's desperate. Sounds like it might be Dallas or Sacramento. But honestly, with the Kimba thing moving forward, I'm a little higher on that than most people do. I think they're going to necessarily win a championship. No, but I think they're going to be right back in the mix. going to be really interesting. We're going to talk about – we're pretty much going to go down the line, give you the same analysis and uh, as far as the other dominoes and everybody else. So stay tuned to us. Uh, we're going to go down the line and get you ready for tomorrow.